Welcome to a special all-comedy episode of Best of the Left Podcast. Today's show contains clips from George Carlin, Bill Hicks, Lee Camp, The Young Turks, The Onion, and David Cross. Warning! The following episode contains some language that may not be suitable for young children. It also contains audio that not so delicately questions the existence of God and shamelessly mocks the hypocrisy of modern-day organized religion. Listener discretion is advised. Why, why is it that most of the people who are against abortion are people you wouldn't want to fuck in the first place, huh? Boy, these conservatives are really something, aren't they? They're all in favor of the unborn. They will do anything for the unborn. But once you're born, you're on your own. <laughs> Pro-life conservatives are obsessed with the fetus from conception to nine months. After that, they don't want to know about you. They don't want to hear from you. No, nothing. No neonatal care, no daycare, no head start, no school lunch, no food stamps, no welfare, no nothing. If you're pre-born, you're fine. If you're preschool, you're fucked. <laughs> you're fucked. Conservatives don't give a shit about you until you reach military age. Then they think you are just fine, just what they've been looking for. Conservatives want live babies so they can raise them to be dead soldiers. Pro-life. Pro-life. These people aren't pro-life, they're killing doctors. What kind of pro-life is that? What, they'll do anything they can to save a fetus, but if it grows up to be a doctor, they just might have to kill it? They're not pro-life. You know what they are? They're anti-woman. Simple as it gets. Anti-woman. They don't like them. They don't like women. They believe a woman's primary role is to function as a broodmare for the state. Pro-life. You don't see many of these white anti-abortion women volunteering to have any black fetuses transplanted into their uteruses, do you? No, you don't see them adopting a whole lot of crack babies, do you? No, that might be something Christ would do. <laughs> and you won't see, you won't see a lot of these pro-life people dousing themselves in kerosene and lighting themselves on fire. You know, morally committed religious people in South Vietnam knew how to stage a goddamn demonstration, didn't they? Huh? Hey. They knew how to put on a fucking protest. Light yourself on fire! Come on, you moral crusaders, let's see a little smoke to match that fire in your belly. Here's another question I have. How come when it's us, it's an abortion, and when it's a chicken, it's an omelet? Are we so much better than chickens all of a sudden? When did this happen, that we passed chickens in goodness? Name six ways we're better than chickens. See, nobody can do it. You know why? Because chickens are decent people. You don't see chickens hanging around in drug gangs, do you? Uh, you don't see a chicken strapping some guy to a chair and hooking up his nuts to a car battery, do you? When's the last chicken you heard about came home from work and beat the shit out of his hand, huh? 
doesn't happen because chickens are decent people. Well, let's get back to this abortion shit. Now, is a fetus a human being? This seems to be the central question. Well, if a fetus is a human being, how come the census doesn't count them? If a fetus is a human being, how come when there's a miscarriage, they don't have a funeral? If a fetus is a human being, how come people say we have two children and one on the way, instead of saying we have three children? People say life begins at conception. I say life began about a billion years ago, and it's a continuous process. <laughs> continuous, just keeps rolling along. Rolling, rolling, rolling along. I say, you know something? Listen, you can go back further than that. What about the carbon atoms? Huh? Human life could not exist without carbon. So is it just possible that maybe we shouldn't be burning all this coal? <laughs> just looking for a little consistency here in these anti-abortion arguments. See, the really hardcore people will tell you life begins at fertilization. Fertilization when the sperm fertilizes the egg, which is usually a few moments after the man says, gee, honey, I was going to pull out, but the phone rang and it startled me. <laughs> But even after the egg is fertilized, it's still six or seven days before it reaches the uterus and pregnancy begins. And not every egg makes it that far. 80% of a woman's fertilized eggs are rinsed and flushed out of her body once a month during those delightful few days she has. <laughs> they wind up on sanitary napkins, and yet they are fertilized eggs. So basically what these anti-abortion people are telling us is that any woman who's had more than one period is a serial killer. <laughs> Consistency! Consistency! Hey, hey, if they really want to get serious, what about all the sperm that are wasted when the state executes a condemned man and one of these pro-life guys who's watching comes in his pants, huh? <laughs> Here's a guy standing over there with his jockey shorts full of little Vinnies and Debbies, and nobody's saying a word to that guy. Not every ejaculation deserves a name. Now, Speaking of consistency, Catholics, which I was until I reached the age of reason, <laughs> Catholics, <laughs> Catholics and other Christians are against abortions and they're against homosexuals. Well, who has less abortions than homosexuals? <laughs> Leave these fucking people alone, for Christ's sakes. There is an entire class of people guaranteed never to have an abortion. And the Catholics and Christians are just tossing them aside. You'd think they'd make natural allies. Go look for consistency in religion. And speaking to my friends, the Catholics, when John Cardinal O'Connor of New York and some of these other cardinals and bishops have experienced their first pregnancies and their first labor pains and they've raised a couple of children on a minimum wage, then I'll be glad to hear what they have to say about abortion. I'm sure it'll be interesting. Enlightening, too. But, but, in the meantime, what they ought to be doing is telling these priests who took a vow of chastity to keep their hands off the altar boys. When Jesus said, suffer the little children, come unto me, that's not what he was talking about. <laughs> it's 
So you know what I tell these anti-abortion people? I say, hey, hey, if you think a fetus is more important than a woman, try getting a fetus to wash the shit stains out of your underwear. <laughs> For no pay and no pension. I tell them, think of an abortion as term limits. That's all it is. Biological term limits. I like summer. I like summer for one main reason. Because the adorable little dogs stop wearing their goddamn sweaters. How did we get to the point where we're putting sweaters on fur-covered animals? It's like putting a little bathing suit on a fish. Dogs are sweaters. They're just walking, crapping sweaters. That's their job. They've got on sweaters. They've got on little shoes. All that crap does, all it does, piss off homeless people. That's it. That's it. How pissed would you be if it was the middle of winter, you're sitting on the sidewalk with no jacket, and a wiener dog struts by in cashmere? That's great. We should rub it in a little more. Maybe roll a little pack of cigarettes in the doggy sleeve. Rub it in. We'll all do this. We'll, we'll spend money on ridiculous crap and not help the homeless, right? I do it too. I just bought a laptop for my hamster. So we all do it. Did he need one? No, that's ridiculous. His old one worked fine, but I still got it. I don't care. Dogs are out dressing me. I don't, I don't know clothes. I was going to buy a shirt the other day. My friend was like, don't buy those. Those are made by child laborers over in some foreign sweatshop. And I want to be a good person, do the right thing. But I ended up buying the shirt anyway because it didn't even have the words help me embroidered on the back. Kid's not even trying. <laughs> Give me a telephone number, a map, something. How am I going to find you, little buddy? No, that's sarcasm. The truth is, we're such a complacent, look-the-other-way type of people. They could come out with those shirts, they'd become popular. Yeah. You'd hear people like, wow, man, you got the Help Me sweater? That's awesome. I got the I'm Hungry. Yeah, my shoes are made by my fingers hurt. Really? Yeah. I think that's how the Banana Republic started. It was just a riddle from some kid trying to tell us where he was. Really? And we could stop child labor. We could. All you'd have to do is send some American little kids over to those sweatshops, teach the foreign kids how to be lazy pricks. Right? Then the boss would be like, make the shoes. Bite me. Besides, you're not my real boss. Would work. Yeah, but say what you will about American kids. They're not only lazy, they're dumb, too. They, they're stupid, and I've got an answer for that, too. Easy solution, solve the dumb kid problem, make Legos popular again, right? They solve the problem, because Legos choke the dumb kids. Uh, uh, oh, the smart kids knew not to eat them. The dumb kids thought they were chiclets. And don't act like your parents didn't know. They knew. 
They were just thinning out the numbers a little. Why else would Silly Putty look like a Cadbury egg? It's called the remedial student's last omelet. That's all that is. I'll get... <laughs> I get pissed off about stupid crap like that, though, like dumb kid. We, we all do this. We're so hypocritical about what we'll get angry about. I was watching Discovery Channel. They were showing the birds get stuck in the oil spills. We flip out, right? We run down, wash them off, try and save them. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, all across the world, we're all eating millions of birds. So apparently we're just upset they're in oil. It'd be completely different if a tanker full of barbecue sauce tipped over. It'd be like, there's a cookout down by the beach. No, they're already marinated. Well, better yet, spill oil and barbecue sauce like that whole area of the ocean. They'd wash up fully cooked. It'd be a delicious disaster. It would. It would. We will. We're so hypocritical. We'll freak out. One thing we're so hypocritical about is the abortion debate. We'll keep fighting over that and... And I understand both sides. I see both sides. I'm pro-choice, but I see both sides. The people I can't comprehend are the people who are hardcore pro-life and hardcore pro-death penalty. It's like saying, don't kill them. Let's wait and see how they turn out first. Let's see if the after-school program works. If not, then we'll whack them. That's not pro-life. That's just procrastinating. Really? It's hypocritical. That's as hypocritical as a white racist at a tanning bed. Yes. Yes. No. Obviously, I think racism is horrible when it's done wrong. I, I, I do. No. It's sarcasm again. It's terrible. And, and, and stereotyping's terrible. And, and I'm amazed you still see it. I saw the other day, I, used, I got on the subway in New York. No one's on but me sitting across from an Asian woman. And a black guy got on, sat next to her. She immediately jumped up, came to sit next to me. And I thought, that's awful. She just stereotyped him as, like, dangerous. And then I realized she stereotyped me, too. I can't be creepy. I can't be a scary white dude. What the hell? So I stuck my hand down my pants, started yelling at myself. She went back to the other side. Score one for racial equality. We all got to do our part. Really, white guys and white girls, you want to do your part to combat racial stereotypes. Next time you're near someone and they seem comfortable, rob them. Yeah. And then act like you don't know where Old Navy is. Do it. Do it. Stereotyping, though, that's the reason I don't like going home to see my family in Virginia. Because every once in a while, you see this, the guy who fits all the southern stereotypes. He's driving his house around. He spotted the aliens. The alien thing, I read the other day, 49% of America believes aliens have landed there. 49, half of my country wouldn't be surprised if at the beginning of Star Wars it said based on a true story. <laughs> I mean, and you've seen the guys who have spotted, the interviews with the guys who have spotted them, it's always the same. It's always some guy in the hills of Virginia who's like, I knew it was an alien because it was like nothing I've ever seen before. That means it could be a book. It could be a cell phone. It could be an Asian person. That doesn't mean anything. Apparently, 49% of America weren't handed enough Legos when they were little. You guys are a lot of fun. I'm Lee Camp. Thank you.
So uh, let's give you this fun sex story involving right-wingers. Uh, Oral Roberts University, university surrounded, uh, built for, of course, spreading the message of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, by Oral Roberts, now run by his uh, son, Richard Roberts. Uh, here's the problem. Uh, they're in a huge scandal. And why are they in that scandal? Because uh, they might have kind of taken money that was supposed to go to the university and gotten Lexus SUVs and Porsches and some of the other things. Uh, and the wife might have spent about $39,000 in a Chico uh, shop. I think that's, like I guess, a store where they buy clothes. I guess that, that's the direction they go in. Uh, yeah, 39000 That was just in one spree. Okay, that was just one store. Uh, and they might have uh, used the jet for the university to take the daughter on her uh, spring break vacation. Yeah, that's a little unfortunate. But all this stuff is fun, okay? But the, all, that story's fun and it's wrong and it shows you all the things they've done wrong to abuse Christianity and, and the school, etc. And now people are transferring out of the university uh, at an alarming rate, etc., etc. But we haven't gotten to my favorite part. My favorite part. Turns out, the wife of the president, Richard Roberts, gave a lot of cell phones to underage males, who she would then call between 1 and 3 in the morning. <laughs> oh, that's rich. Oh, I love that. You know what? Good for her. Good for her. Why is it always the guys? Why does it always have to be there? He said, here's a woman taking charge of the situation. Now, her own cell phone bill ranged up to $800 a month. So, I mean, they are spending money like crazy. It's all the university's money. Allegedly, by the way, allegedly. What is she doing calling those boys who are students? A lot, of, a lot of them, not necessarily all of them. Giving them cell phones to call them between 1 and 3 in the morning. And why are those students, I mean, is she hot? I don't know. We've got to find a picture of her. Okay. But what, what are they doing going over to Richard Roberts' wife's and calling? and Hey, listen, we don't know. Maybe they were just having conversations about the Yankees or the Patriots or something. Or, or maybe just how great a store Chico is. I don't know. But that sounds fishy. That sounds fun. Thursday's Republican sexapades. Let's explore it a little further. I love these hypocrites on the right wing because there's no end to it. No end to it at all. Young Turks. If I die and go to hell real soon, it will appear to me as this room. And for eternity, I'd lay in bed in my boxers, half stone with the pillow under my head. I'd be chatting on the interweb. Maggots prey upon the living dead. I had no interest in the things she said On the phone every day All permanently in the hay I called her on the phone And she touched herself She touched herself She touched herself I called her on the phone And she touched herself I laughed myself to sleep At this rate I'll be heading for electric chairs did y'all know that you want to hear something absolutely this is fascinating to me? This is absolutely fascinating. Fundamentalist Christians believe the world is 12,000 years old. Is that? Let's just think about that. Okay. Isn't that great? 
And I ask them, how do you think that? Why do you think the world's 12,000 years old? They go, well, we added up all the people born from Adam and Eve, added up their ages, roughly 12,000 years. Well, how scientific. Boom, I can't fucking argue with that kind of, you know, research. You think the world's 12,000 years old? That's right. Okay, can I ask you a question? Sure. It's a one-word question. Fine. Dinosaur. I mean, if the world's 12,000 years old and the Bible covers it, why didn't someone bring up fucking dinosaurs? You'd think someone would have brought that up somewhere in the goddamn book. And Jesus and the disciples walked down the path towards Nazareth. But oh, the trail was blocked by a giant brontosaurus with a splinter in his paw. And the disciples did run a screaming, what a big fucking lizard lord. I'm sure gonna mention this in my book, said Luke. Well, I'm sure going to mention it in my book, said Matthew. I'm not sure what I saw, said Thomas. Timothy nudged him. It was a big fucking lizard, Thomas. But Jesus was unafraid. And he took the splinter from the brontosaurus paw. And the brontosaurus became his friend. And Jesus sent him to Scotland, where he lived in a lock. Oh, so many years attracting fat American families with their fat fucking dollars to look for the Loch Ness Monster. And oh, the Scots did praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 12,000 years old. I asked this guy, I said, come on, man, dinosaur fossils, what's the deal? He goes, God put those here to test our faith. I think God put you here to test my faith, dude. I think I figured this out. Does it, that's what this guy said. Does that bother anyone here? The idea that God might be fucking with our heads? Anyone have trouble sleeping restfully with that thought in their head? God's running around burying fossils. <laughs> We'll see who believes in me now. Oh, I'm a prankster god. I am killing me. Oh. You know, you die, you go to St. Peter. Did you believe in dinosaurs? Well, yeah, there's fossils everywhere. What are you, an idiot? God was fucking with you. Giant flying lizard, you moron. That's one of God's easiest jokes. It seems so plausible. for the lake of fire. You ever notice how people who believe in creationism look really unevolved? Eyes real close together, big furry hands and feet. I'll believe God created me in one day. Yeah, it looks like he rushed it. <laughs> Now we have women priests. What do y'all think of that? Women priests. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fine, women priests. You know, so what? Now we got priests of both sexes I don't listen to. Fuck, I don't care. 
Have one with three balls and eight titties. I don't fucking care, you know. Have a hermaphrodite one. I don't, I don't care. Have one with gills and a trunk. I might go to that service. I don't give a fuck, okay? While I appreciate your quaint traditions, superstitions, and, you know, I, on the other hand, am an evolved being who deals solely with the source of light which exists in all of us in our own minds. No middleman required. <laughs> but anyway, I appreciate your little games and shit, and you're putting on the tie and going to church. Da, 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 da. But you know, there's a living God who will talk directly fucking to you! Sorry, not through the pages of the Bible that forgot to mention dinosaurs! So I was, um, I was in New York for September 11th, uh, or as, as I like to refer to it, uh, the week football stopped. Uh, yeah. That's you know, you know that there was somebody who was fucking, they couldn't complain out loud, but you know somebody was in their fucking truck five days later going, God damn it, come on now. I mean, what the hell? Okay, I understand, you know, the big people lost their lives and boo-hoo, I get it, and we got to heal and all that bull crap, but come on now, just pick up a goddamn football and play. What? I li- I'm 3,000 goddamn miles away. Can't you play a goddamn football game? I got nothing left in my life. I got all these snacks. Uh, but... Um, but yeah, so I, uh, uh, I, I want to tell you a few stories about being there during that time. I can't go into the whole thing, obviously, but um, uh, for government purposes, they won't allow me. Um, I saw some shit, man. Uh, um, no, it was, you know, suffice it to say, it was really fucked up. The most surreal thing I've ever experienced. It was crazy. And, uh, um, but there were a couple things that were really interesting and... Uh, um, and uh, oh, I'll let you get that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just, just let them know. It's just answer it and go. Hi, I'm an asshole. I forgot to turn off the cell phone. And then click. And then how do people not know anymore? Maybe like within the first couple months after cell phones came out, I can understand that. Like, oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. But it's been fucking years. <laughs> Figure it out. Fucking turn. It's a it's a button. Put the button. There you go. Um. But uh, um, anyway, so, so yeah, I, I, I was, uh, um, I should also preface this by saying that I was, I live uh, in the downtown lower Manhattan area, whatever you call it, but below 14th Street, which was the like demilitarized zone area where they, like you couldn't, you know, the whole island was like sealed for five days and then you couldn't get in or out, you know, for five fucking days. It was really weird. And, uh, like, beyond 14th Street, nobody, who, uh, nobody else could come below 14th Street. Like, any of our friends who live, like, on 22nd Street or whatever, who wanted to meet for, at a bar, you have to go up there and visit them because they couldn't get past. And then we'd have to show, like, ID and proof of residency to get past the, you know, National Guard, which was all over 14th Street, up and down, you know, and just all there with their Humvees and their, you know, rifles and machine guns and shit. And, uh... All in camouflage, of course, which was, you know, that's that way. 
Yeah, that way the terrorists won't see him in the thick jungle brush of 14th Street, you know. Which I still have problems getting through. I mean, you know, it's difficult for me. I live there, you know. I still have to get a local village boy to help me, you know, guide me through, you know. Coca-Cola? Coca- American Coca-Cola, huh? And then off he goes. He takes it. He's so happy to have the sugar water, and he just runs barefoot up the tree, scampers with his machete, like, yes, come on, yes, massa. Oh, you know, and off he goes, cutting vines down. And, oh, a coconut, a fresh coconut. And then he and I will sit under the palm fronds and watch the sunset on 12th Street, and it's beautiful. It's a wonderful, wonderful... Uh, so, yeah, it was, so, you know, it was fucked up, but uh, there are a couple little things I can relate, and uh, um, it was two weeks to the day, and, and I should also say that the entire area where I live, I live in the East Village, which is already kind of a, a chatty place where everybody knows everybody and talks to everybody, but it was absurd. I mean, everybody was doing, and it's understandable, but everybody was being super chatty. Everybody's talking to everybody, and you know, it's that thing where you go through this horrific event, and then you just kind of push it out of your head, and you try to deny it's there, and you overcompensate, and everybody's walking around like, hey, how's it going? How you doing today? Good, good. Oh, what a lovely baby. Here's a dollar. Okay, bye-bye. You know, everybody, just stranger. Everybody's walking around, you know, it's, you know, like some weird version of Our Town or something, you know, and and, and, you know, it was, it was like, uh, uh, you know, those English musicals from the 50s, you know, where everybody's, like, fucking jumping in the streets and stuff. It was like that, where, like, people are doffing hats to each other and, you know, picking up a tomato from an Italian grocer, you know. Hello, Giuseppe. I'll play it Tuesday for a tomato today. I will. I'll make it a beautiful day. You know, just this whole thing that everybody was going through and just... Um, so I'm walking across the park, and I get to Avenue A, and this is like the first, this is the, 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 the first time like I really like smiled, you know, and uh, I get to the park, and I see this um, sanitation truck coming down the street, and it's moving really slowly, like markedly slowly, and, uh, and I'm like, wow, that's weird. It's got that open back, you know, so it's like vibrating and chugging along, but it's not really moving very much, and it's like just spewing all these like weird liquids, and you know, buffalo wings and diapers are falling out of it, you know, and <laughs> There's this, you know, uh, and it's just moving really slowly. I'm like, why is it moving so slowly? And I, and I look at the guy who's driving it because it's got that open uh, door thing, like a mail truck, you know, so you can see him. He's in there with his, like, nasty, stained, one-piece sanitation slash rave wear outfit, you know, going down the street. And so I'm seeing all this at once in, in a matter of seconds. I go, oh, why is it moving so slowly? What's that guy looking at? And I see that he's looking at this girl who's on the street next to me, walking down the street, and I see what he's doing is he's driving parallel to her, and he's trying to pick her up. The guy, the guy in the trash truck. You know, sitting there going, uh, hey, mama, come on. Give me a smile, baby. Come on, pretty, pretty. Give me a smile, baby. Come on, pretty. Turn that shit upside down for me, man. Make our day, baby. Come on. You know, for real. And, like, I'm looking at this thing. You know, what? Like, she's going to sit there and go... <laughs> I like you. You know, like that's, like that's gonna happen. You know, and but you know, everybody, everybody's got that fucking, you know, that one friend or friend of a friend who's got that annoying attitude, that you know, gung ho go for it attitude. You know, like guys like, hey man, whatever. You know, that's fine. You know, I mean, you could live your life the way you want to live it. Whatever. Stay indoors, play your video games, read your books, whatever, but 
Nah, man. I mean, I go for it. See what I'm saying? I mean, I make life happen, okay? It's not going to happen by just sitting around. You know, I go out there and I experiment. I'm a f- facilitator, okay? You see what I'm saying? I facilitate, you know? I set up a domino chain reaction. Wherever I go, I lay out dominoes. I, I-, I lay out figurative dominoes in a, in a figure-eight pattern that eventually come back to me. Sometimes it's an onk, and sometimes... Sometimes it might be like a Mobius strip type of thing. But regardless, nonetheless, I, I set up a chain of events, you see, and I hold the last domino. So when I want, click, domino, tickle, 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 and it comes back to me. Thus, the domino effect is in effect. I call it the domino effect effect. You know, that's what I'm saying, you know. I make things happen. I go for it, you know. You know, whatever, man. I'll ask a hundred chicks, you know. Maybe I get 99 no's. It's fine. Slide it on. Slide it on. Whatever. <laughs> Maybe that hundred chick likes to fuck on a pile of trash. <laughs> See what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. A new survey finds that again this year, the number one issue among voters is bullshit. And joining us now to discuss the survey is the director of political polling at the Shuttleworth Research Center, Kip O'Leary. Mr. O'Leary, now we all know that bullshit is the deciding factor in most elections, and this poll says that this election will be no different. That's right. When it comes to electing the leader of the free world, voters look to issues like a candidate's relationship with their ex-wife. Did they ever smoke? Where do they vacation? What's their exercise regimen? These are the kind of core bullshit issues that that people really care about. Now, in the past, whether the candidates are photogenic has been of key importance to voters who care about bullshit. Is that still the case today? Oh, yeah, yes. Uh, And also, what a candidate wears at public appearances is very crucial to the bullshit-conscious voter. You mean like where a candidate, for instance, wears a hard hat uh, at a factory and talks about the local union or let's say we see someone wearing blue jeans in a rural area. Yes, that's the kind of local crowd pandering bullshit that people are very passionate about. Now, according to your research, what will be the top bullshit issues for 2008? Uh, There's so many out there. It's really too early to call. Uh, But thanks to the internet, there's literally thousands of websites uh, full of bullshit on virtually every candidate. So voters can log on to discuss that bullshit with other people who share an interest in the same kinds of bullshit. I agree with you on that. I've even noticed that there's an incredible amount of bullshit being discussed on our news blog as well. Mr. O'Leary, how can we in the news media do a better job of focusing on bullshit and really hounding candidates on these petty issues? The fact is you've been doing a great job as it is. If it wasn't for the media, there'd be a lot less bullshit in these elections. Well, thanks so much. Before we go, do you care to make a prediction for November 2008? Who's the top bullshitter so far in this election? 
Difficult to say. No one party has a monopoly on right. bullshit. I've always been a big fan of Hillary. She's so full of bullshit. I think um, not just talking bullshit, but actually living the bullshit. Mm -hmm. That's the earmark of a, of a true candidate right. and of a winner. Well, thanks so much. And we will be right back after this small break. A businessman can't hold a candle to a clergyman. Because I got to tell you the truth, folks. I got to tell you the truth. When it comes to bullshit, big time, major league bullshit, you have to stand in awe. In awe of the all-time champion of false promises and exaggerated claims, religion. No contest. No contest. Religion. Religion easily has the greatest bullshit story ever told. Think about it. Religion has actually convinced people that there's an invisible man living in the sky who watches everything you do every minute of every day. And the invisible man has a special list of ten things he does not want you to do. And if you do any of these ten things, he has a special place full of fire and smoke and burning and torture and anguish where he will send you to live and suffer and burn and choke and scream and cry forever and ever till the end of time. But he loves you. He loves you and he needs money. He always needs money. He's all powerful, all perfect, all knowing and all wise. Somehow, just can't handle money. Religion takes in billions of dollars. They pay no taxes and they always need a little more. Now, you talk about a good bullshit story. Holy shit. But I want you to know, I want you to know something, this is sincere, I want you to know, when it comes to believing in God, I really tried, I really, really tried. I tried to believe that there is a God who created each of us in his own image and likeness, loves us very much, and keeps a close eye on things. I really tried to believe that, but I gotta tell you, the longer you live, the more you look around, the more you realize something is fucked up. Something is wrong here. War, disease, death, destruction, hunger, filth, poverty, torture, crime, corruption, and the ice capades. 
Something is definitely wrong. This is not good work. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Results like these do not belong on the resume of a supreme being. This is the kind of shit you'd expect from an office temp with a bad attitude. And just between you and me, in between you and me, in any decently run universe, this guy would have been out on his all-powerful ass a long time ago. And by the way, I say this guy because I firmly believe, looking at these results, that if there is a God, it has to be a man. No woman could or would ever fuck things up like this. So, so, if, if, if there is a God, if there is, I think most reasonable people might agree that he's at least incompetent and maybe, just maybe, doesn't give a shit. Doesn't give a shit, which I admire in a person and which would explain a lot of these bad results. So rather than be just another mindless religious robot, mindlessly and, and aimlessly and blindly believing that all of this is in the hands of some spooky incompetent father figure who doesn't give a shit, I decided to look around for something else to worship. Something I could really count on. And immediately, I thought of the sun. Happened like that. Overnight, I became a sun worshiper. Well, not overnight, you can't see the sun at night. But first thing the next morning, I became a sun worshiper. Several reasons. First of all, I can see the sun. Okay. <laughs> yes. Unlike some other gods I could mention, I can actually see the sun. I'm big on that. If I can see something, I don't know, kind of helps the credibility along, you know? So every day I can see the sun as it gives me everything I need. Heat, light, food, flowers in the park, reflections on the lake, and occasional skin cancer. But hey, at least there are no crucifixions and we're not setting people on fire simply because they don't agree with us. Sun worship is fairly simple. There's no mystery, no miracles, no pageantry, no one asks for money, there are no songs to learn, and we don't have a special building where we all gather once a week to compare clothing. And the best thing, the best thing about the sun, it never tells me I'm unworthy. Doesn't tell me I'm a bad person who needs to be saved. Hadn't said an unkind word. Treats me fine. So, I worship the sun. But, I don't pray to the sun. Know why? I wouldn't presume on our friendship. It's not polite. I often thought people treat God rather rudely, don't you? Asking you know, trillions and trillions of prayers every day, asking and pleading and begging for favors, do this, give me that, I need a new car, I want a better job. And most of this praying takes place on Sunday, his day off. <laughs> it's not nice, and it's no way to treat a friend. But people do pray, and they pray for a lot of different things. You know, your sister needs an operation on her crotch. Your, your brother was arrested for defecating in a mall. But most of all, you'd really like to fuck that hot little redhead down at the convenience store. You know, the one with the eye patch and the club foot. Huh? Can you pray for that? I think you'd have to. And I say, fine, pray for anything you want. Pray for anything. But what about the divine plan? Remember that? The divine plan. Long time ago, God made a divine plan. Gave it a lot of thought, decided it was a good plan, put it into practice. And for billions and billions of years, the divine plan has been doing just fine. Now you come along and pray for something. Well, suppose the thing you want isn't in God's divine plan. What do you want him to do? Change his plan? Just for you? 
Doesn't it seem a little arrogant? It's a divine plan. What's the use of being God if every rundown schmuck with a $2 prayer book can come along and fuck up your plan? <laughs> and here's something else, another problem you might have. Suppose your prayers aren't answered. What do you say? Well, it's God's will. Thy will be done. Fine. But if it's God's will and he's going to do what he wants to anyway, why the fuck bother praying in the first place? <laughs> Seems like a big waste of time to me. Couldn't you just skip the praying part and go right to his will? It's all very confusing. So to get around a lot of this, I decided to worship the sun. But, as I said, I don't pray to the sun. You know who I pray to? Joe Pesci. <laughs> Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Two reasons. First of all, I think he's a good actor, okay? To me, that counts. Second, he looks like a guy who can get things done. Joe Pesci doesn't fuck around. Doesn't fuck around. In fact, in fact, Joe Pesci came through on a couple of things that God was having trouble with. For years, I asked God to do something about my noisy neighbor with the barking dog. Joe Pesci straightened that cocksucker out with one visit. It's amazing what you can accomplish with a simple baseball bat. So I've been praying to Joe for about a year now. And I noticed something. I noticed that all the prayers I used to offer to God and all the prayers I now offer to Joe Pesci are being answered at about the same 50% rate. Half the time I get what I want, half the time I don't. Same as God, 50-50. Same as the four-leaf clover and the horseshoe, the wishing well and the rabbit's foot. Same as the mojo man. Same as the voodoo lady who tells you your fortune by squeezing the goat's testicles. It's all the same, 50-50. So just pick your superstitions, sit back, make a wish, and enjoy yourself. And for those of you who look to the Bible for moral uh, lessons and literary qualities, I might suggest a couple of other stories for you. Uh, you might want to look at the Three Little Pigs. That's a good one. It has a nice, happy ending. I'm sure you'll like that. Then there's Little Red Riding Hood, although it does have that X-rated part where the big bad wolf actually eats the grandmother, which I didn't care for, by the way. And finally, I've often always drawn a great deal of moral comfort from Humpty Dumpty. The part I like the best, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. That's because there is no Humpty Dumpty and there is no God. None, not one, no God, never was. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it this way. If there is a God, if there is a God, may he strike this audience dead. <laughs> See, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Everybody's okay. All right? Tell you what. Tell you what. I'll raise the stakes. I'll raise the stakes a little bit. If there is a God, may he strike me dead. See? Nothing happened. Oh, wait. Got a little cramp in my leg. And my balls hurt. Plus, I'm blind. I'm blind. Oh, now I'm okay again. Must have been Joe Pesci, huh? God bless Joe Pesci. Thank you all very much. Joe bless you. Thank you very much. Sense is a little whack And my friends are just as screwy as me I didn't go to boarding schools Creepy girls never looked at me Why should they? I ain't nobody got nothing in my pocket
found this old Oral Roberts tape that where he talks about sex. It is not relevant to the new controversy, but it's too much fun to pass up. It's just fair is fair. It's got nothing to do with what's happening now. But Cliff Schechter mentioned it yesterday in Republican Sexapades. And then a friend of ours at AOL, we blog on AOL News Bloggers. You should check that out. Uh, pass it on to us. Uh, we got to play the first three minutes. I, I hope it all makes it on air. And God, this is some funny stuff. All right, we'll play the first three minutes, and I'll tell you what's on the rest of the tape afterwards. Here is Oral Roberts himself talking about sex, anuses, and orifices. We men want to take a woman in our arms, and a girl wants to take a man in her arms, and pretty soon we want to take him to bed with us. Go on. Go over there and touch it. Put your arms around her. Put your hand on her breast. See how far you can take your hand. See how far she'll let you go. Go ahead, girl. Touch him. It's the most sensitive part of his body. There is one place in the woman's body and one place in the man's body that creates multiplication. There are not two, <laughs> there are not three, there are not four places, there are not ten places, there is one place in the woman's vagina <laughs> and the man's male organ. There's only one place in the woman's body where the male organ was designed to to penetrate. Please tell us. The vagina. <laughs> oh, no. Only one organ made to bring forth life. It's the male organ. It's not in lesbianism where the tongue of a female goes into the vagina of another female. It's not in the male, where the male organ goes into the part of the, of the body where the, the waste matter comes out of the body that's poisoned, and he penetrates that part of the body in homosexuality. It's not to be put in the mouth of the man, or the mouth of the man or the woman on the male organ. Please tell me more. It is the male organ penetrating the vagina of the woman, the male and the female. He says, look at the orifices of the body, the openings in the body. <laughs> Certainly you can't put it, put the male organ or the woman's tongue in the eye. No. Is this is a PowerPoint presentation? Touch the ear. No, not in the ear, no. Certainly not in the orifices of the nose. <laughs> Definitely not in the orifices the of the nose. <laughs> but there are a couple of three other places. There are? There's the mouth. There's the anus. <laughs> where the poisons of the body are excreted. You <laughs> can put it there. They didn't boring? know how to handle it. There was a fire that rose up in them. They didn't know how to contain, and everybody knows when the sexual arousal reaches a certain point, the person goes insane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Matt, it goes on mm. and on. Okay, you know what? We're going to play you the whole tape during the next uh, top of the hour break. So as soon as we start getting close to 8 o'clock, we'll roll the whole seven minutes for you. Later in the tape, 
it, he says, hey, you know what? It doesn't mean because I come to church all the time that I'm not queer. And he goes, oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Edit that out of the tape. He realizes he screwed up. And he's like, oh, you, I, I didn't, okay, just take that out of the tape, okay? Edit it out. And my favorite part is, you can't put it in the ear or the nose. Believe me, I've tried. It doesn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> what is he talking about? Well, he's trying to brag that he's saying that he's well in doubt. <laughs> I think that's what it is. I think he's trying to subtly say, you know, I'm uh, I'm no I'm no pencil over here, guys. <laughs> it does not fit in those orifices. I mean, uh, how much wow. do these evangelical guys get off on talking about this stuff? Well, you know, there it's this is uh, there's actually a uh, a Freudian term for this, I guess, and it but it basically just has to do with just it's just plain old uh, repression. It's just plain old repression. I mean, these guys are just completely titillated by this uh beyond uh, the capacity to to even articulate. Uh and, you know, uh, it, I I don't know. I mean, it's it's just it's just fascinating how much they're involved in this. It really is. It's it's really wow. <laughs> I mean, you listen to the whole seven-minute tape. I lost track of the number of times that he said, "You can't put it in the mouth. You can't put it in the mouth." You know, okay, I got to do. I got it. Okay. <laughs> Bring it down. Bring it down. You're at a 10. You need to be at a 2. Okay. I, I got it. You can't put it in the mouth or the anus. I got it. Now, what was this recording for? I mean, what was he what was he making this recording for? Was this just like for his personal uh this wasn't his living will, was it? <laughs> was it something like if you're watching this, I have died. But I want to remind you of a couple of things. Do not stick it in the nose. <laughs> uh, all right. No, I, 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 Sam, honestly, I don't know. Uh, I just, <laughs> but I found it on YouTube, and I thought, hey, man, if we don't play this, we're being derelict in our duty.